0: episode number four uh and the end of the epilogue for national podcast post month and season six of the spotlight i am ben beck thank you so much for sticking it out the 30 days of national podcast post month plus these additional four episodes i hope you guys enjoyed them uh i hope you guys are now following along on instagram following along on on Facebook, following along on Twitter, at the Spotlight NXT on all three. Please follow along. Let me know what you thought of everything that we've been through and all these conversations that we revisited. Let me know what your favorite was. Let me know what your least favorite was. I don't care. Constructive criticisms, compliments, it doesn't matter. Let me hear from you. Let me know what you thought. This final one here, Ruben Fleischer, uh, who is a producer and director If you've ever seen one of my favorite zombie movies ever, Zombieland, you've seen Ruben's work. He was the director of Zombieland, Uh, and at the time, he had joined me to promote uh, NBC's *Superstore*, which is still on the air and is still going strong. He joined me in season three of The Spotlight. I hope you guys enjoy this one. I was such an honor to speak to him. I hope I get to speak to him again down the road. Please enjoy this. The Rewind of The Spotlight with Ruben Fleischer. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in Season 7. All right, so this being our first episode back into the new year, I'd, I'd like to think we're getting off to a great start with our guest this week. Uh, he's a writer, director, producer for both film and television, his first movie being one of my all-time favorites, but we'll get to that in a little bit, because he's here with us this week to talk to us about the new comedy, Superstore, Mondays on NBC. Please welcome Ruben Fleischer. Ruben, thanks for spending some time with us.
1: Thanks for having me. Really excited to be
0: talking to you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, so, um, we'll get the superstore first because obviously that's what you're here to talk about. And we want to help you talk about that and get the word out for it. Um, we've seen a couple episodes of it on NBC already. There's been a bonus episode, um, on NBC.com as well. But for anybody who hasn't had the opportunity to see it yet, we want to encourage them to go and see it. So what can you tell us? Um, what can you tell us that we can expect? They can expect about the show for when they actually watch it.
1: I feel like uh, NBC has a long storied history of making great workplace comedies, like all the way back to Cheers, but certainly Office is in close me- memory. And I feel like Super Sword delivers on that same pleasure of just watching a group of um, workplace friends who are almost like a kind of family, um, these disparate souls that are stuck together in a place uh, for, you know, eight to ten hours a day, and the relationships they form and the fun that they have together. And it's a really great ensemble cast in a really fun, unexpected location, which is a classic American superstore, a la Walmart or Target or any of those types of stores. Yeah. And it's just a really fun uh, type of show.
0: Yeah, I know we've, um, I know Steve and I have both had the opportunity to catch all three episodes, and I know I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing more of it as it comes along because I really enjoy it so far.
1: That's awesome. I mean, we got really lucky with the casting of, uh, the show. Our, our ensemble is really strong, starting with America Ferreira, who's just, you know, so fun to watch on TV. Everyone knows and loves her from America, from Ugly Betty, but I feel like she's the type of person that when you just, there's something about her when you watch her, you just lean in and you engage with her. She's just a really relatable person who's grounded and real. And uh, she's the anchor for the show. And she's surrounded by like six other super fun, super funny, uh, very diverse characters that surround her. Yeah, I'm Did glad you mentioned. Do you guys have anyone that kind of stuck out to you as a favorite? Like when you watch it, I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on who, who you re- responded to. Steve,
0: ahead, I, I, Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say, I mean, America Ferreira definitely does um, stick out to me um, a- as well as Ben Feldman, who plays Jonah as well. But I'm so far as of right now, I'm a big fan of, of uh, Colton Dunn who plays Garrett on the show. He's, he's sticking out as one of my favorite characters at the moment.
1: Yeah. He's, he's an incredible improviser and it's always fun to, uh, you know, as a director work with talented improvisers and I, I got really lucky on this show because Colton, Lauren and Mark McKinney are all like world class improvisers. But when we we're we were casting the show, Colton was somebody I had actually just shot a commercial with. I'm I I'm a director and I direct a lot of things besides movies and T V shows. Sometimes I get to direct commercials and so I just done a uh a commercial with Colton and he also is a writer for and Peel, and he was just on my radar from UCB, and and I just knew it was really funny. He had a supporting role in Parks and Rec, and so when it came time to find a character to play Garrett, he was definitely at the top of my list.
0: Yeah, and I know you mentioned uh, Mark McKinney, too, who anybody who's listening who doesn't know uh, is previously actually going back all the way to Kids in the Hall, so I mean, his improvisational skills are just are top-notch.
1: Yeah, and if you've ever found yourself saying, I'm crushing your head, I'm crushing your head, <laughs> you have Mark McKinney to thank for that. I mean, I, it really it's pretty awesome to get to work with somebody who as a true comedy lover had such a strong influence on me as a kid growing up. Like, he's definitely the sort of senior member of the group uh, of our ensemble. He's the Glenn who plays the boss at the store he's kind of like a father, like a misguided father figure for a ragtag bunch. But, um, yeah, he's just super, super funny and, and has an incredible pedigree having come from kids in the hall.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned, um, obviously America Ferrera as the, as the main character. It's kind of a kind of split between her and, um, the fellow who plays Jonah, who's also, um, Ginsburg from med men fame. For those of you who might notice somebody noticeable, um, but we've seen a lot of the, the dry and laugh track, less humor. There's no laugh track on the show, which that's kind of one of the things I look for in a comedy anymore. Uh, don't tell me when to laugh. I'll laugh when I want to. <laughs> but uh, we've also seen a little bit of mystery, especially with that uh, character, Amy, who is played by America Ferrera. So it feels like there's a lot of comedy, but there might be um, another side and a more serious side um, to the show when it calls for it. Uh, what, what maybe can you tell us about uh, the tone of the show moving forward and what people can expect in that light.
1: Sure. I, I, I mean, our writer, Justin Spitzer, who created the show and is an immensely talented person, um, he came from The Office and I think The Office was a re- super funny show, but it had heart at its core. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like you just related a lot to those characters and fell for them and, you know, whether it was Jim Pam or M- Michael or any of them, you connect with them on a really deep level. And that's our hope for this show is that like it just has a lot of heart. Like you feel for these people who, you know, whether it's their dead end job or their, you know, frustrated relationships or whatever it is, you know, there's another layer to it beyond just like the goofy, fun things that happen at a day at a superstore. It's more about just understanding relating to these people is real you know full, rounded characters who, you know, think and feel and love and want. And uh, and while our goal is always to make you laugh, uh, it would be great if you, you felt for them as well and, and felt a connection to them. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, Justin Spitzer, who's the, the creator of the show. And I know, obviously, it's exaggerated for the sake of comedy and television and such. But I, I feel you and, and Justin, you pretty much hit the nail on the head for sometimes what it can be like to work in that place. Because I've worked in retail before, too. And it's, it's definitely very similar to that. And I know you did some commercial work before you landed, you know, feature films and television and such. Do you did you have any experience in retail that you can kind of reflect on that you use when you're directing, or when you're producing the show as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I worked a register at a gift shop, and um, it was a pretty brutal job <laughs> just dealing with like all the customers that I just really didn't think much about. Um, but you know, when you clock in and clock out, those that's your time at the store, but what really matters are the people that you're spending the time with, and so while it might not be the most like fulfilling job working retail, um, you know, if you have people that you like and connect with that you're surrounded by, it makes the time go a lot faster. That's what I found when I was working retail. Yeah,
2: yeah, I do have a little bit of interest because it kind of plays tones at, at uh, making fun of. Uh, the people who shop at Walmart. I assume that that comes a little bit from that famous uh, website, People of Walmart, or something along those lines, where you get where you kind of get the uh, the inspiration for those people because that's that's one of the better parts of the show as well that that can make you laugh on any given night.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think those interstitials. I don't know if you guys noticed, but as you were watching, there's sometimes these transitional scenes that don't have any dialogue. They're just kind of these like observational moments of people shopping in the store or a little baby bouncing in a crib or whatever it <laughs> yeah. may be. There's like these just kind of like funny observational moments. And those are, I guess, to a degree, a nod to the people of Walmart. But more than anything, just, you know, the mostly stores are like open for really late and long hours and just all the weird things that could happen at any time within them.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, then transition a, a little bit here. I'm glad you mentioned that you did some, uh, directing of commercials and stuff because I saw just through a little bit of research on your IMDb page that you've also directed a couple episodes of Kimmel. Um, and we've, I don't think we've ever had a director on the show before. At least I've never talked to one. So I'm kind of interested in just what goes on in directing an episode of late night TV, like a, like a Jimmy Kimmel or something like that.
1: Well, for me, it was a dream come true to get to work on a late night TV show. I grew up as a huge, huge Letterman fan and was kind of obsessed with him and definitely credit him as my biggest uh, comedy influencer or just like developing my taste more than anything else probably as a kid. And so when I moved to L.A., um, I happened to work with a woman whose boyfriend was Kimmel's brother, John, who's now one of his head writers. At the time, we were both young PAs and just coming up. And um, and she mentioned that, that Jimmy was looking for some directors. This was like season two or season three at the Kimmel show. And it was an incredible experience as a young director because it's like directing boot camp. I never went to film school or anything like that. But like when you're at Kimmel, you get there about like 10 o'clock in the morning. The writers kind of, About to write in the sketches, they hand them out, and you got to basically cast them, shoot them, edit them, and deliver them all by 7 p.m. Mm. And they have to make the cut for that night's show. And um, it's the best proof of of working because, like, if you do a bit, like I did a lot of the little bits for the first stack pieces, and um, you get to see with a live audience whether or not they work or not. You know, you, you shoot it and then that very same night you get to see if people think it's funny so it's a really great way to hone your talent as a director Um, a because it's really fast and you gotta think on your feet how you can make it as great as you can and B um, you get the result of getting to see it put up front of an audience every night and and seeing if it makes the cut or not
2: yeah it's
0: it's almost like trial by fire a little bit you know as you said
2: yeah absolutely yeah, I was gonna say it sounds about as hectic yeah, as, and, as you would expect it to.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like what you picture like with the late night show, but Kimmel's also an incredible arbiter of taste. Like he would watch every piece before it aired and give you notes and if he wanted you to go back and re edit it, uh, you would do so, you know, in order to make it as good as it could be before it aired. He's like uh, got incredible instincts when it comes to editing and he would give great notes and like uh, help you make it the, the
0: funniest that could possibly be. Yeah. Um, I know as far as things you've done in your career, uh, I'd be a little remiss if I didn't mention Zombieland, which was, you know, your first film that you had worked on. And I, I, I did mention in the intro, you know, it's one of my favorite films. It's, it's probably no, no, uh, no joke. It's probably one of my top five favorite films of all time. I absolutely adore that movie. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how it makes you feel to have your first film be a successful and critically acclaimed as it was.
1: I mean, it was a dream come true, honestly, like, um, I, I don't know quite else what, what, what to say, but like, um, yeah, I mean, you can only imagine if you're like a kid that's just been making little things in obscurity, like music videos, working at the Jimmy Kimmel show, um, commercials whatnot and then you get a chance to make a feature film and then it becomes this like cult favorite it's and you get to work with such amazing cast and people like um emma stone jesse eisenberg woody harrelson and bill murray i mean that's like dream come true so on every single level it was just an absolute dream come true it was it was incredible
0: yeah. I, was it true to, I think I read somewhere, it might've been Wikipedia, but uh, you, I don't believe anything unless I hear confirmation. Was it true that one of the uh, conditions for Woody Harrelson was that you had to go dairy free for a week?
1: <laughs> yeah. You guys did your research. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's like a hardcore vegan. And so he, he put that to me. He was like, well, you know, you want me to be in this movie and he kind of suggested that i i challenge myself to be vegan for a week and i actually did it which i'm proud to say
0: yeah and i think i read online as well too are you attached to the sequel to direct the sequel
1: yeah we're working on now i actually just saw jesse last week we're trying to get a script that everybody's happy with that we can go make but um it feels like there's a lot of momentum the cast all really wants to do it Mm and Just a matter of getting the script to the place
0: uh, that we can go shoot it. Well, that, I was, that's awesome because my next question was going to be if, if we were going to see the original cast come back, and that's that's great news because I think I think they're a huge part as to what made that first movie as successful as it was, including yourself and and the writing as well. So, I mean, if everybody's back on board, I have no doubt the sequel will be another fantastic movie. And, and I'm, I know I'm seriously looking forward to it as well as maybe even see him that's some, awesome. uh, some, uh, some more new rules for surviving the zombie apocalypse.
1: I think that goes without sitting. We'd have to feature <laughs> it, but I know um, we wouldn't do the, or at least I have no interest in doing the movie without all the original cast. It seems like that's what people love. There's no point in trying to do it any other way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I know we're, uh, we're running a little short on time, but before we let you go, obviously, um, uh, I think you're on Twitter, at, at Ruben Fleischer on Twitter?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I'm actually not even sure. I'm not a big <laughs> Twitter guy, but yeah. Okay. Um, you can find me online if you look for me. I'm there.
0: Okay. Um, and obviously, we want to send people to check out Superstore on NBC, Mondays, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock Central. Um, I know by the time this is going to be airing, it the fourth episode will be tonight. Actually, by the time this is posted, so, um, but you can always go to NBC.com and check out the first three episodes which you missed, which we highly recommend. Uh, but Ruben, thanks a lot for spending some time with us.
1: Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, definitely check out the Superstore; it's worth the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely.